The two biggest trends in organizations and companies in 2019, the two biggest trends I think we'll see inside organizations and business in 2020, and the best books, the best things to read or the things that I got the most value out of. We're looking back, we're looking forward right here in episode 39. This is the Decide to Lead podcast with Russ Hill. Welcome in to the Decide to Lead podcast. I'm Russ Hill. This podcast is for people who've made the decision to lead and for leaders who are looking for tips, ideas, uh, trends, anything that's out there to help them more effectively influence other people so they can achieve the results they're trying to achieve. My job, my day job is working as a consultant. I travel around the world, primarily working with large organizations in all kinds of industries, consulting them around culture management. How do you get people to think and act in the way you need them? You need them to think and act in order to achieve the results you're trying to achieve in three to five years. Sometimes we talk about culture. And in fact, we had some friends over for the holidays. I'm recording this during the holiday break as we transition from 2019 and get ready to launch a new decade of 2020. And uh, we had some friends over from California, and one of them said, so Russ, like, explain to me what you do, because, like, do you go in and, and like, help people feel good, or do you do, like, motivational things for companies? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, no, not at all. I, I, I respect those that do motivational thinking and reading and speaking and writing, um, but I don't find a ton of value in what they do. I follow some of them on, on Instagram. And, and I told you in a previous episode, I went to a, a conference a few months ago, like two months ago in San Diego with a bunch of uh, quote unquote motivational speaker types uh, off of Instagram. And I found it to be obnoxious. I found it to be uh, a place where a lot of people just say a lot of things that they don't have experience around. And they it's almost like, you know, they just post quote cards on Instagram, get a ton of likes and somehow built a business out of it, which, you know, you got to respect people for being able to do that if they really are living off of that. But um, that's not what I do. So when I say culture, just a quick clarification, um, when we manage culture, go and help organizations with culture, it's where one organization that might have 10,000 employees buys a company that has 5,000 employees and these two organizations, they have to now mix them together. And yet the cultures are very different. One's very focused on the customer. One's very inward focused. Um, it might be something like that where we're managing culture, or it might be an organization that's uh, that's wants to be a, um, a trendsetter, an innovator in their industry, and yet they're having challenges because they've got so many people who are doing things the way they've always done them. Um, or it's an organization that just doesn't have clarity on the results they're trying to achieve, and so they've got whether it's hundreds of people or tens of thousands of people, they aren't getting the production they need out of them and because people aren't aligned around what they need them to do or there's a lack of collaboration, all kinds of things that go on. That's what I mean with culture. It's not foosball tables and popcorn. That's not, <laughs> that's not what I do. Anyway, so welcome into the show. On this week's episode, what I want to do is just talk about some of the observations. That's what I made this podcast for when I first created Decide to Lead, this, this hobby of mine. I, I wanted to share observations, trends, ideas, things that I was that I was seeing as I traveled the world 
with this really what I think is a unique perspective, being in the boardrooms and the ballrooms of meetings of organizations from national restaurant chains to health insurance companies, to hospitals, to automobile manufacturers, to manufacturing companies, to food services, you know, just all these different organ- tech companies, all these different organizations and seeing what their leaders are talking about and what, what do they need us as a firm to help them with? What are the, what are the consistent things, themes that we hear? I, I was observing so many things and I thought, man, I, I need to share this. And even if it's with like three people <laughs> that, that consume it online in a podcast or whatever form, whether I'm writing articles or sharing uh, posts on LinkedIn or whatever, even if it's three people, I just need to share it and have a record of this stuff. And Fortunately, over the uh, over the many episodes of this podcast, we've gained thousands of listeners. And so it's kind of cool to be able to share these observations. So I'm going to dive right into some of the things I saw in 2019 and what I think is coming in 2020. And hopefully you'll find some value in this. Okay, so let's start with the two biggest trends I saw. These are things I constantly heard executives talking about of organizations throughout the world in 2019. This came up over and over and over and over again. And again, it didn't matter on industry, didn't matter where in the world they were located. This was, these were consistent themes I heard. Number one, retention and recruitment. Like absolutely, this was number one everywhere. And and it's because of the economy, right? We haven't seen unemployment this low in 50 years. So there really isn't anyone who's in an executive or a leadership or a management position anywhere in the world who's seen the battle for talent or battle for people be this intense ever. And it's it's more pronounced in North America, in the United States than anywhere else. But in London, parts of Europe, they're certainly dealing with this as well. Unemployment's low, relatively speaking. In the United States, when you think about it, I mean, th- three to four percent really is where the unemployment rate has has been averaging over the last several months in the United States over the last year, really, throughout 2019. And that means pretty much anyone that wants a full-time job has a full-time job. That's just how it is. And so when you, when you go into boardrooms or ballrooms or conference rooms of organizations, you hear a ton of discussion around, oh my gosh, how do we hold on to our good people, the people that we really need, and how do we recruit and attract better talent? There's just been a ton of discussion about that in 2019. Some of the organizations that uh, I'm working with, that our firm is working with, and that I'm on, I'm, I'm on those teams that are going into, that our firm's sending into these organizations. Some of them are planning, and I can't mention their names, but they're planning to hire tens of thousands of engineers, of employees over the next couple of years. And so, um, if the economy, knock on wood, stays on track, then uh, the 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 uh, hiring plans of a lot of large organizations are pretty aggressive. Not all of them, but but a good number of them. And so you hear a lot of talk about retaining and recruiting talent. And so I don't have time in this episode today to talk about well, how do you do that, and what are the what are the best practices we're seeing out there. That's what the other podcast episodes are for. I've shared a little bit about that in past the past few episodes. So if you haven't listened to them, go back and listen to Decide to Lead number 38, 37, 36. Just kind of go back and start listening through some of them because whatever these trends are that I'm seeing, that's what I'm trying to make each week's show about. 
right? And so I'll talk more about these things too in upcoming episodes because I'm seeing things that are working and I'm seeing things that are not working. And I'm with organizations that are having a really hard time recruiting talent and I'm seeing what's happening with their culture and the way they're leading. And then I'm seeing organizations like have a gazillion applicants and are attracting a lot of people. So what, what's the difference? That's what I'm trying to share in these, these episodes. So recruitment and uh, recruiting, recruiting and retaining talent, number one theme. Second theme, heard this everywhere and it's speed to market. How do we increase speed to market? How do we push down decision-making? How do we get employees? And whether you're a small organization or you're a global organization with, you know, hundreds of thousands of employees, this is an issue. How do you get people closer to the front line to make decisions and quit escalating everything up to a manager or the owner of the company or a senior executive? How do you get people to, because if if you get decision-making to happen at a lower level, then you, you move faster. And yet there's so much fear in a lot of organizations that, well, yeah, I don't know if I want to make that decision. I don't know if I'm going to make that choice because I'm concerned that I might have my head bit off, chewed off if I make the wrong decision. And so a lot of our work around culture management in in a good number of organizations is how do you change the culture from a culture of fear or hesitation in making decisions to um, speeding that up? And I've got several experiences that are, <laughs> that are flowing through my mind right now of calls with leaders, senior executives of Fortune 500 companies in just the last few weeks where this has been something that I've been coaching them on and, and watching them, observing them in front of their teams and, and, uh, and, and seeing things that they're doing that are clearly causing the culture to be one of fear or hesitation. So this is something that you absolutely can control. The experiences you create lead to the beliefs that people hold, right? And so if there's a belief inside your organization, large or small, that we have to escalate decision-making, well, that belief came from experiences that people have had that have caused them to feel that way. And so you got to be able to shift that and create experiences that cause people to feel like, oh, no, okay, it actually is okay if we make decisions. We want to do that. Amazon's spectacular at this, and I've talked about that in previous episodes. I absolutely love, love, love their leadership principle or what we would call in our firm, a cultural belief um, of bias for action. And so they have, they have a leadership principle that they actively talk about in their culture. You've heard me talk about this in previous episodes of bias for action, which means make decisions like go move quick. And Amazon has seen that, that, that is part of their culture. They are not dealing with this challenge that a lot of or most organizations are dealing with of speed to market. Amazon's doing real well there. It's not like they don't have any problems, but they are, in my opinion, of, uh, and I get a lot of exposure to a lot of companies, they are, in my opinion, best in class on speed to market. So that was the second big trend. Now, I'm actually going to throw out a 2.5. <laughs> I actually have three trends. The, the, this last one, number 2.5 or number three, whatever you want to call it, is more personal, where the first two trends I just mentioned are more about what I'm, what I'm hearing people talk about in organizations. 
The third one is more uh, of what I'm hearing people talk about offline. So if, you know, if I'm flying into Washington, D.C., or if I'm in Kansas City, or I'm in, in Minneapolis, or Seattle, or wherever, and, and you're having a break in a meeting, or you're, you're, you're in the room before the meeting begins, or heading to the airport afterwards, whatever, what are people talking about? And this, this last item is a trend I saw in 2019 that a lot of those discussions was revolved around, and that was focus. Tons and tons and tons of discussion uh, with leaders, successful people, business executives about how do I improve my ability to focus? And that this comes down to eliminating distractions, better managing my attention. You see a lot of it used to be you heard a lot a few years ago about time management. And I don't hear as much about time management now as I did a few years ago. What I hear now is attention management. It's really interesting to think about the difference of those two things, right? And so what am I spending my, what am I allocating or allowing my attention to focus on? And there've been several books that have been written in 2019 that were bestsellers that, that, that got a lot of attention. There'll be a ton more, I'm sure in 2020 coming on this. There are people that are making a living off of talking about this. And a lot of it's crud. I mean, it's just trash. I don't find hardly any value. I mean, if you write a book that tells me to limit the amount of time on my phone, like <laughs> seriously, you should have just like saved your time. So there's a lot of garbage out there on this topic, but there, there is some, there is some real valuable stuff. And I'm going to, I'm trying to bring on a few people on the podcast in the coming weeks, um, to, um, to be guests, to talk about this. Cause there are a couple things that I've read in 2019 that I found a lot of value in that, uh, around this area of focus and attention management that I think, uh, I think you ought to pay attention to, or at least you, you might find value in. So those are the trends of 2019. Now, what do I think is coming in 2020? And I am like lousy as lousy can be when it comes to, predicting the future. But I did, I, this, these are just some things, some thoughts um, that I have based off of what I've seen in 2019, what I think I'm, we're going to hear more of in 2020. So with that disclaimer, this is what I think is coming. Number one, culture management. Yeah, I'm biased on this, but there are, there are influencers, very, very influential people who are spending a lot of attention and putting a lot of um, thought toward culture management right now that um, that's really interesting to me. And we're seeing our business boom and uh, in the services we provide around culture management. And I, I honestly believe it is the most valuable leadership skill and yet the most underdeveloped right now. If you know how to manage culture, there's not an organization out there and I'm, I'm talking mainly about, well, large organizations and even medium to small organizations, they want you because so few people have been trained. So few leaders have skill um, developed around managing culture. And so we're, you know, as we close out 2019 as a firm, it's just crazy. Some of the, some of what we're seeing come in, the level of interest the level of engagements we have as a firm with organizations because they just, you know, we've established ourselves as a firm on being the experts in managing culture. And they're just, it's something that our firm has studied long before I joined them for 30 years. They've studied this. We've written books about it and we've, 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 we've learned a ton about it and we do claim to be the experts in it. And, and there aren't that many people out there doing it. 
And I'm seeing a lot of people pop up around this space because a lot of organizations now are thinking, well, okay, well, going back to the speed to market trend in 2019, how, how do we get our people to make decisions and to not have as much fear? Well, that's managing culture. How do you recruit people and retain your talent? How do you have a, an engaged workforce? Well, that's managing culture. And so um, anyway, that's a trend. I'm biased. I acknowledge it, but I'm absolutely convinced that even with my bias that I'm right, that that is going to be a major trend in 2020, managing culture. Um, you'll, you'll hear a lot of discussion around it. Uh, and I plan to talk more specifically about that in these podcast episodes because I haven't shared a lot over the last 38, 39 episodes. I haven't shared a ton about what we actually teach, what I actually go out there and teach leaders to do around managing culture. And I plan to do that, get very specific and share some of that uh, in the coming months. I'm excited about that. The second trend, leadership development, I'm convinced is going to be absolutely even a bigger topic in 2020 or 2020. And the reason I think that's true is so many organizations have a, a significant number uh, or significant percentage of managers or leaders who are retiring. There's massive changeover happening. The baby boomers are retiring and, and it's happening. In, in, I mean, just look at the number of assisted living centers that are popping up in communities. The, the, the population's getting older and those leaders are retiring. And so now if you, if you want to lead, if you want to be in a management position, a leadership position, the opportunity in the next decade is huge. It really is up to you whether or not you take advantage of the opportunity that's out there. So I am absolutely convinced that 2020, you're going to hear a ton more about developing leaders, organizations that are interested in doing that and how much opportunity is out there for leaders who develop themselves, for people who develop. I, I got one leadership development course at a company I worked for paid for for me. All the rest I had to do on my own, right? So it was reading books, paying for courses online, listening to podcasts like this, trying to follow those people who I thought could help develop me as a leader. So that's a trend I'm convinced is coming in 2020 or it's going to continue to develop. And then third, I guess <laughs> I've got three things in in uh, in both these categories. Uh, the third trend I think we'll see in 2020 is this. There really are two areas of the of the, of the corporate of um, the business world that are growing. One is larger organizations, so consolidation in a lot of industries, and then on the other end, you have this massive growth of contractor based work. So people who are leaving the corporate world and who are either starting their own business, entrepreneurship obviously is massively huge right now, especially in the United States, but really globally too. And, and But not just starting their own business, like trying to grow and get funding and all that. I'm also talking about people that are just going to work on their own. So instead of working for a corporation, I'm just going to sell my services or, or yeah, I'm going to be a contractor. And I'm not, I'm not really trying to start a, a company that I'm going to grow into multiple employees. I'm just going to sell the services that I offer. So I'm convinced that's going to continue to be a trend, not just in 2020, but in the years to come. So you've got the consolidation on one end, bigger companies getting even bigger. And on the other end, you've got more people who are leaving the corporate world and doing their own thing. There's just technology has made that so easy to, to do. Okay, 
Let me share. I'm going to shift gears a little bit and talk about uh, in these last few minutes, I want to talk about some of the books I've read in 2019. Not all these books came out in 2019. Some came out in 2018. Some came out before that. But they're books that I read, became aware of in, in 2019 that I found really interesting. Number one on the list, and I mentioned this in a previous episode um, I told you, I gave it away that I'd be mentioning this as the most valuable book or most impactful book I read in 2019. And that was Atomic Habits. That book is just really well written. It really made me think it, uh, I don't obviously subscribe to every thought that the James Clear put in that book, but, um, but he offered, he just really made me think about a lot of different things and about habits versus goals and just just tons of value, in my opinion, in that book. So if you haven't picked up, you haven't listened to, you haven't read Atomic Habits, you ought to consider doing that. And and there are other books out there about habits that I that I'd strongly encourage you to read too. So, um, but Atomic Habits is a good place to start. Uh, second on my list would be Measure What Matters. Um, just a fabulous book about establishing key results and having vision for your organization, making sure you have clarity around what the, 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 your team or your company is trying to achieve measure. What matters is really uh, worth the read an interesting book. I, I don't know. It's, it's got limited appeal. Maybe you can go out there and, and listen to, I'm going to try to get Paul Jarvis on the podcast in an upcoming episode. Paul wrote the book company of one. And I, I think it's really interesting. Most people who listen to this podcast won't. You you might do a Google search for it or look it up on Amazon. Company of One. It won't have a ton of application or value for for all of you, but it is interesting for you to think about as a leader out there in business that this trend is out there. And this is Paul advocating that hey, you don't have to. You can leave corporate America. You can and be your own company. And you don't really, and, and don't worry about growing your company, just establish a company, a company of one, where it's just you and you provide a certain amount of services, goods or services, you, you get to a certain level of living and then just, that's good. Who cares about growing it beyond that? If you're funding the lifestyle you like, and that's what you want, then just, that's fantastic. Go do that and and be happy. So Paul's voice is really interesting, especially when you contrast it with someone like a Gary Vaynerchuk, and uh, who's you know all about hustle and working twenty out of twenty four hours a day and growing and growing and making it bigger and and doing all of that. You, you have Gary, who I, I love and I find a lot of value in, um, and yet you have Paul Jarvis on the other end, who is saying, yeah. It's not necessarily that you don't hustle, but you don't have to grow like you don't have to be addicted to growth. So Company One was an interesting book that uh, that I read in 20 in 2019 because of I think it is. I think Paul's talking about a trend that is out there, which is why I made it one of the trends uh, that I think we'll keep seeing in 2020. Um, OK, um, the everything store about Amazon. It's just a fascinating read, you all. If you haven't read it before, it didn't come out in 2019. But I, I want—I <laughs> decided as I was making my notes for this week's podcast, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to mention it again because it's just such an interesting story about how um, about how Jeff Bezos grew Amazon into the behemoth it is. Um, 
Robert Iger wrote The Ride of a Lifetime about his 15 years as CEO of Walt Disney. That came out in 2019. It's on the bestseller list as we close out the year and start 2020. I've had multiple, I have not read it, but I've had multiple friends, guys that work at our firm, other people who've, who uh, leaders that we consult with um, who are running large corporations. And, and there's a lot of discussion out there about, about The Right of a Lifetime, that book. People really found a lot of value in it. Um, the Making of a Manager is an interesting book. It's, it's a really simple book written by um, the VP of Product Design for Facebook. And it's it's a if you've got somebody in your organization or if you are someone who's just gotten into management, you're just starting off. This book is it's basic. It's simple. It's easy to read, but it's made some waves in 2019 as well for kind of spelling out. OK, well, what do you do when you get into a leadership position, a management position? What are some of the basics? And then you add in some of the interesting stories from a culture like Facebook, a company we obviously all no, and it has been in the news a ton in the last few years, um, and and you've got a you've got a pretty good read. So, making a manager is interesting. Um, and then the last thing I'd add, and it's not a book, but uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. I mentioned him a minute ago. Gary put out a two hundred and seventy slide deck. So two hundred and seventy slides inside a PowerPoint deck. He put this out on his birthday within the last month or two on the internet. And it's all about how to create content for organizations or individuals and specifically to social media. You hear all this discussion about you should be spending your ad dollars. You should be marketing. You should be building your brand on social media platforms. And, and Gary obviously specializes in that. And he's been talking about this for a long time and he's made his career out of it. And he is certainly a voice that that anyone that's interested in that space should be listening to. And and this deck that Gary put out is really interesting. If you're looking for ideas, what could our company be doing, large or small? What could I be doing as an executive in a large organization or an entrepreneur starting a company or as a frontline contributor, anyone to kind of build my brand or get my presence out there, whether it's on LinkedIn, which is exploding. You've heard me talk about that in previous episodes. I'm putting out content every single day. If you're not following me or connected to me on LinkedIn, you need to do that. Um, just search Russ Hill on LinkedIn and connect with me if you haven't already, or, or just click follow. Um, so whether you're trying to put content out on LinkedIn, which has a huge organic reach right now, or, 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 um, Instagram or Facebook or heaven forbid TikTok. <laughs> if you're aimed at younger selling products to 13 year olds, I, there's a ton of momentum around TikTok. I don't, I don't get it for for business executives. I don't. But anyway, for young motivational speakers, I guess it's good right now. But there's just different. I just mentioned TikTok because it's one of the social media platforms that's exploding right now. And who knows? Maybe we'll all be on it um, in a year or two or three. And I'll look back at this and laugh. But um, Gary's uh, PowerPoint deck around building your brand is is something that I found a ton of value in in uh, in 2019. Okay, well that wraps up this episode. Some of the things I wanted to share, things I've heard, things I've seen in 2019 and going into 2020. I love your feedback as always. You can send me a direct message on any of the platforms. I'm most active on LinkedIn spending a significant if you look at the amount of time i spend producing content and most of it's going to linkedin right now a little bit's going to instagram and the rest really aren't getting much of my attention 
uh, because I've only got so much capacity. But so send me a direct message on one of those platforms. Connect with me. I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode. And if you haven't done so already and you found value in this show, tap on the subscribe button. You'll get this episode each time we put out a new one. This is Decide to Lead with Russ Hill. Have a great week, everybody, and happy new year to you. If you're listening to this as we transition into 2020, I hope you have a a fabulous new year.